0: Hi, good morning, everyone. How are you? It's a good day. Still a little out of breath. Sorry from the last song up there. You guys are glad to worship together? Is it good? It's fun, isn't it? God loves it when we pray. He loves it when we praise. He loves it when we sing. He loves it when we get excited for Him. And uh, we got a little excited today, so that's always fun, isn't it? Hey, before we get started. I just wanted to acknowledge uh, Pastor Terry and Denise. Our pastor is back from Africa. They're going to be up at our slow campus today, but he's safe. He's back in America. I know we've been kind of listening to the stories and all that, and he's excited they're going to be off to Bogota uh, pretty soon. So in a couple of weeks, they'll be back, and they'll tell you all about everything that's going on. So he wanted me to say hi, so hi. (laughs) Hi from them. Make sure and reach out and say hi to them when they're here. And also, I just wanted to acknowledge some guests we have that I saw here today, just some retired pastors, is that the right way to say that? Tom and Terry Wright, um, Ann's mom and dad, uh, you know, the Ince family, of course, a really public family in our church. Just want to say hi from everyone. Can we all say hi? Well, bless them, bless that family. What an amazing family and what an amazing ministry over many, many years, and just wanted to say thanks for joining us today. I'm not going to make you get them say anything, but <laughs> you probably would, wouldn't you? But Hi, hi, God bless you guys, bless you. Glad to have you here with us today. We've been in a series uh, in the month of January called, You anyone remember? <laughs> I put you on the spot. I just wanted to, wanted to see what would happen. Oh, cheaters. <laughs> the beauty and wonder of life. Has it been good to think about the beauty and wonder of life at the beginning of 2023? Anyone? Is it good? It's been good for me. It's really been changing my perspective on a lot of things, and I'm just really grateful. Every morning when I get up, I go for a walk, and, you know, sometimes, depending on how I slept or how I, how I woke up, sometimes I'm like, you know, but then, you know, as I just am walking and I'm talking to God, I just say, oh, it's so beautiful and wonderful to be alive. Thank you so much. And I hope that you're doing that. Is anyone doing that? Starting to just be thankful and grateful about all the things that God is doing instead of focusing on all the things that we want happening that are not or whatever that we're disappointed with. It's remembering how wonderful life is, right? And how beautiful it is, and, and people, and things, and, and the places we get to go, and the life we get to live is beautiful, and it's wonderful, and uh, we don't want to miss it, and so God's really been encouraging us this month about that, and uh, we want to encourage each of us to just start to apply that as, as much as you can in every part of your life, begin to remember how wonderful things are, and just a little recap, the first week we talked about eager for every moment, right, that we, every moment is a God-given moment. And that we should be learning and how to be eager and, and be uh, uh, aware and, and present in every moment. Um, then we talked about the majesty of God last week and how God is so big and so wonderful. And to experience God and to know God, the more we know Him, the more we learn about ourselves and about people and the world we live in. And this week is what is it? It's up there already. This land is my land. Say that with me. This land is my land. Ooh, that's kind of cool. This land is my land. And uh, this message is to help us think about what God has given us where we are, our lives, and to claim and own and believe and be pumped about the land that we live in, of course our nation, our state, where you live, your home, but also just just your land, just where you are. You know what I mean? Where, where have you landed? Don't we say it that way, right? Where have you landed in life? You've landed here for a reason. And we wanna be glad that this, we wanna own it, we wanna claim it and, and possess the land that God has given us. And when we learn how to do that, through God's, God's kingdom and through the power of God, we can possess all that God's creativity and all of his passion has given us and has destined us for this world, right? God gave us this life for a reason. He's given us purpose. And instead of floating through life purposeless or not understanding the things that we have, that we have in our lives, we want to lay hold of them and, and possess them in God's, in God's kingdom and in God's power. Amen? Does that sound good? You know, God has given us a beautiful and wonderful place to live. And I want to help you think about that because sometimes, sometimes we don't think about it that way. You know, especially you're like, Santa Maria, that ain't so beautiful and wonderful. And I've heard people down talk Santa Maria a lot. And I specifically just want to say, hey, this is a pretty beautiful and wonderful place to live. Right? It's pretty amazing. I've been to some very unbeautiful places. <laughs> this is a beautiful place, right? I've been to some very unwonderful places. Non-wonderful. How do you say it? Not wonderful? I don't know what the right English is there. Sorry. Some very less than wonderful places. And this is a wonderful place. Do you guys believe that? Are you glad to be here today? You know, this church is a wonderful place to be. This, is, this has wonderfully changed my life and my family and my future. And it's changed the way I think about my past. Has it done it for you too? Isn't that beautiful and wonderful? <laughs> Just to throw a phrase out there, right? You know, the fruit. Think about the fruit of Santa Maria right? How many of you had Santa Maria strawberries? Oh, right? How many of you had tri-tip? Come on, let's just say tri-tip. Everyone just got to say that out loud, tri-tip. Santa Maria barbecue. Say it, Santa Maria barbecue. Oh, the fruit of Santa Maria is, mm, I'm getting you hungry right now, right? It's because I'm opening a restaurant. No, I'm just kidding, right? <laughs> the, the people of Santa Maria are beautiful and wonderful, aren't they? Gosh, it's just so amazing to go out and about and meet people. And every person you meet, it's, it's a wonderful experience when you're, when you're ready for that, isn't it? When you're open to that. It's like, wow, there's some beautiful people. You're like, well, I'm, I'm, I live in Santa Maria, and I'm beautiful. So, of course, there, of course, there is beautiful people in Santa Maria. But aren't there some amazing, wonderful people that we get to know and meet and be around? Even our neighbors, even our neighbors, right, are beautiful and wonderful if we're, if we're open to seeing them, right? And also, I'd say this, the spirit in Santa Maria is very wonderful, you know. I mean, God, of course, yes. God's spirit is wonderful here, but also the spirit of the people of Santa Maria, right? This, like, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter what happens; we are going to make it. I love that spirit, you know that that kind of like, hey, you know, we may say something about us, but you can't talk about us, right? I love that kind of thing that rises up in Santa Maria when when you begin to begin to like see sporting teams or high schools or or you know just the passion and the 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 community spirit is really wonderful. And, uh, and I think it's worth it for us to bless that about San Maria, right? For us to bless it about Orchid, for us to bless it about even Napomo, right? Where I live, of course, right? But you know, it's, it's a wonderful area, isn't it? Come on, let's be proud. Let's be proud of where we live and who we are, where we've been born or where we've come to, where we've landed. This land is my land. Say it with me. This land is my land. And we got to own it, right? You got to own it. You know when 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 you have something that's yours and you own it and someone starts messing with it, you're like, hey, don't mess with that. That's mine. (laughs) Right. You know, am I right? Come on. You know, you're like, come on. What are you doing? That's mine. Right. Mama bear. You see those mama bear. (laughs) Don't mess with my kids. I will mess with you. (laughs) Right. And uh, don't mess with my family, you know. And and in Santa Maria and in Mercy Church and in the church in America, and in, in America and in California, we need to have that again, don't we? This is who we are. Come on, we need to be proud of who we are. And God wants us to be proud of who we are, right? It doesn't mean we have to belittle everyone else who isn't as good as we are, but that's okay, right? We need to, that was a joke, sorry, by the way. But, you know, it's like we need to be proud of who we are and let everyone be, right, who they are. But be proud of who we are. Be proud of our families. Be proud of us, you know? This land is my land. You can't mess with it, Right? can't mess with my land. And I I love that. I love that when people rise up and have that kind of feeling about them. It's inspiring, right? If we're going to live here, we should live here. (laughs) It's one of those kind of weird statements, isn't it? It's like, if we're going to live here, we should live here. Like this is my land. I live here. This is my home. This is my church. This is my people. This is my family. I protect. I care. This is I'm passionate. I love. I love this, you know, and to be open to what God wants to do in us right, of how we're going to enjoy it, how we're going to tell a story about how it's affected us and how it lives us and how we've lived in it. And the story that we tell is very important. This message is partly about that. It's about the story that we tell. Right? Think about what story you tell about your life. What story do you tell about your family? What story do you tell about your land, <laughs> about America, about California, about Santa Maria or wherever you live, Orchid or, or, or in the area, right? What story do you tell about your home and your family, right? What's, what are the words that are coming out of your mouth about who you are and who you belong to is really important. I'll just give you an example out of my life. Uh, I recently went last year on a class trip to a camp. I'll just say a camp. I'll try to remember not to say where it was because I don't want to say it the wrong way. But, you know, I went, to this, I went on a class trip as a, as a chaperone for my son's class. They were in sixth grade. It was their sixth grade class trip, right? And they're like, hey, do you want to come be a chaperone? And I thought, hey, that sounds fun. Woo, it was an adventure, right? I towed his big trailer up into the mountains, went to this camp. And while we were there, the first night, we didn't even stay there one night. The first night, my son was was roller skating and he, he fell and he reached out to grab the railing so this is a little graphic, sorry. And as he grabbed it, it was wood, a splinter went up underneath his fingernail, right? He grabbed onto it, just went way all the way up underneath his fingernail. Ah! I wasn't even with him. I was like in the, the counselor meeting and stuff. And they came and found me. He's crying. I'm like, what happened? And they they show me this finger. He's got this like two by four up underneath his fingernail. He's crying. And and the the we talked to the nurse, the nurse is like, you gotta take him to the ER. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. So it's, you know, it's evening. We, it's two hours down to the hospital, right? So we get in the car, drive. I can drive fast when I want to. Drown the hill, get to the ER. We're in the ER until about 1 in the morning. They had to cut, his like, almost his whole fingernail off, just screaming. This kid, they numbed it, like, 10 times. It didn't take. They just had to, they just had to cut it, right? And the doctor just looked at me. was like, we're going to do this. I'm like, we're going to do this. Let's just do it, right? And it's just super painful. We're like dragged we didn't have anything we dragged ourselves to a hotel like slept there oh my goodness went back up the mountain then we're like okay we're back up the mountain it's like okay we're gonna try to shake it off we try to shake it off and then we go we go and we're doing the events and the next day someone's like hey is that your car and i'm like yeah it's my car and they're, they're like your car got smashed like, what do you mean my car got smashed? <laughs> and I go, and the whole front end of my car is smashed. It was parked on the side of the road, right? And apparently this dumpster had popped off the back of the truck and rolled down this hill. Whoosh, smashed my car, right? So it smashed my car all up. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is crazy. And so then we had to, like, sort that. So I spent that whole day sorting it out. And the next day, we leave. like we missed the whole trip, right? The next day we leave. So we come home. And I'm trying to be, like, super positive, Mr. Chaperone Grant. I'm like, hey, God is good. Hey, you know, we have peace about what, you know, and on the inside, I'm like, ah, right? And uh, I'm just trying to, you know, I've got all these kids and all these people looking at me, and I'm like, I got to do this right, Lord. Help, 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 help. You know, I don't want to be that guy because I can be that guy. if I, I don't want to be that guy. You guys know what I mean about that guy? I don't want to be that guy. So we get home, and I'm trying to be like, you know, we had to drive with I had this t- trailer that I'm towing and a smashed car, and it's like barely driving. We get all the way home. We finally get there. And, of course, everyone comes in and and everyone goes, Nathan, how was the trip? Right? And Nathan says what? Sorry, Nathan. It was Nathan. Nathan's on here. Nathan goes, it was amazing. It was so cool. I had such a great time. Right? And they asked me and I went, and I realized we had the same trip, but I had a different story than he did. Right? He experienced all the blessing and all the amazing, and he looked past all the problems, and I didn't. Right? I got caught up in all the problems instead of seeing how amazing it was. And when I stepped back and I let all that go, I realized I had an amazing time with my son that I'll never have a chance ever to have again, right? And I probably was able to have a bigger influence on all of his friends by not reacting the way I wanted to, than anything I could have said in any of our small group times or any of those kinds of things, to see someone handle it with grace and with peace was a greater statement, I think, to these young men than any other thing. And I, when I stepped back and thought about it, the, my story changed. I started telling a different story about that trip. You get it? What's your story? What's your story? It doesn't mean that some things don't happen, it doesn't mean you have to have some problems, someone just smashed your car or you have to take emergency room trips, right? But the story that you tell can have a big effect on the people around you, right? Does it make a difference? Doesn't it? What story are you going to tell about what God's done in your life? What story are you going to tell about your family, right? You can think about all the negative things, and I'm not saying gloss over things that are obviously very painful. I'm not saying you got to work through those things. I had to work through. I had to still get my car fixed. I had to deal. I had to still deal with all that stuff, right? Nathan's finger took a year to heal, Right. But now it's all you can't even tell. Right. You still have to work through healing. You still have to work through the problems. But the story that you tell will change not only your perspective, but everybody else's perspective. Right. What if what if all we did was go around and tell how negative it was at that place? Everyone else will. I don't want to go there. I don't want to be a part of that instead of, oh, that sounds awesome. I want to be there. Now you talk to and say, it's amazing. You want to go there. Right. It's amazing. That's the kind of story that can shift. Not just our perspective, but the perspective of our lives. Isn't it true? All right, so we're going to look in the Bible about a story. This is a well-known story. It's preached very often. I'm just going to kind of breeze through it because it's kind of a long story. But it's about the 12 spies that went into the land of Canaan, and they had different stories. Let's just read through it, and then we'll talk a little bit about it. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, remember that Israel, if you remember the story of Moses and he led Israel out of the land of Egypt and there was all those plagues and they went through the Red Sea and all that and then the spies went in, God said, Go check out the land I'm giving you. Well, that's all you need to know, right? He just said, Go check out the promised land, if you've heard that phrase, right? The promised land of God. Go check it out and take a look at it. And so this is where it begins. It said, The Lord said to Moses, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. Let's just pause there for a minute. So here you are at church today. I want you to think about your family, your world, where you work, your friend group. You're here at church today, and you are one of the leaders of your tribe, (laughs) if you want to call it that, right? You're one of the leaders of your people. God has brought you to church today. He's brought you from your family, right? Maybe Maybe your family, none of them go to church, but you're here today. Right? maybe all of them go to church but you're here today. You've got a story. You've you're like an emissary. You're like a you're you're somebody who God has sent and brought to hear the the word from the Bible. To hear God's word spoken to you so that you can receive that and you can take it with you for this next week into your home, into your family, into your life, right? This is you, right? God sent you to explore What has God promised us in Santa Maria? What has God promised my family? It's important that you take that promise and you go, take it this week, right? Take the promises you hear from God today, take it into your week, take it into your family and bring it home with you. Right? What story are you gonna tell? God brought you today so he could speak to you, right? And he wants to speak to you about your land, about your family's land, about this land. This land is our land, right? He wants to speak to you so that you have a different perspective of it and you can help others have a different perspective. So that's what God did. He said, go explore. Go explore. Is exploration fun? It is, isn't it? You get to explore something new. You get to find new things from God every week, every day, every moment. You can find new things. And as you explore your life, if you see your life as exploration, it's a little more exciting, isn't it? Do you get up out in the morning, your alarm rings, and you're going to work, you're like, oh, Lord, I'm going on an adventure. (laughs) Today is going to be exploration. Think about it, right? Think about going to explore God's promises for every day that you have. So God sent his people and said, go check out what I'm giving you. So then they went out, and they checked it out. It was amazing. It was beautiful. They had, like, clusters of grapes they had to carry. It took, like, two people to carry. They said it was a beautiful, a land flowing with milk and honey is what the Bible calls it, right? Sounds like Santa Maria to me, like strawberries the size of softballs, right? Like tri-tip that tastes so amazing you want to eat the whole cow, whatever, right? Numbers chapter 13, verse 30 says, Then Caleb silenced the people when they came back. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size. What report are we going to have? What story are we going to tell about what God has given us here? about what God has given us in our church or in our family or in our life, right? What, what report are we going to give about, hey, you should go and conquer life, or are you going to say, ah, oh, what's the phrase, right? Oh, life sucks. Has anyone ever given you that advice? How many of you ever heard that advice from someone before, right? It's like, oh, that's really encouraging. <laughs> Thanks. That's their report of their life. That's their report of life to you, right? Oh, life's difficult, and then you die, Right? Only thing you can be sure of is death and taxes. Oh, that's a great report. If we tell ourselves that report over and over again, we're going to live it. We're going to believe it. That's going to be what's going to be ingrained in our minds. And we're going to teach it to our children. Our children are going to teach it to their children. That's not a great life, is it? All right, just, you know, hang in there until you die. Not very exciting, but sometimes we live that way, don't we? That's what they're saying. They're like, let's not go take the land God's given us because it's just trouble, 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 trouble. Right, And I've had days that I've felt like that. I've had weeks that I've felt like that. I've had times that I've felt like that. So I get it. It's not that we don't have times where we feel like that. right? But especially when we feel like it, we need to have the habit of telling the story that God has given us, that God has promised us, that God is giving to us great things. Does that sound good? Let's go on and see what happens. Numbers chapter 14, it says, this is part of the story, right? The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. This is the good story, right? The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Say that with me. I just love that word. Exceedingly good. How would you like to wake up in the morning and say, God, my life is exceedingly good, right? Someone asks you, how are you doing? Exceedingly good. (laughs) And, And more and more and more. Well, I thought this, this, and this. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't worried about that. I'm exceedingly good. You're going to convince me any other way. Right? That's a spirit there, isn't it? That's something to be confident in. Right? So, Sorry, I lost my place here. The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only what? Do not rebel against the Lord. And do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. And I know that sometimes we do live our life a little bit afraid. We're afraid of other people. They say the number one fear above every other thing is standing in public and speaking, right? Because why? Because we're afraid of people. We're afraid of what people think. We're afraid of what people say. We're afraid. It's, it's, you know, have you ever, like, just not wanted to go to a party? Because you're like, yeah, I don't think so, right? Anyone? Uh, just me. Okay, I've done that, right? It's like, ah, I don't know, you know? We're just afraid sometimes, right? We wake up a little bit like, ugh. Oh, and this is telling us, don't be afraid of people. God is with us, right? Don't be afraid of, uh, they're going to devour me, right? That sounds like, what, what's that, what do they call it? The phrase escaping me where it's like, they just smash people on social media nowadays. Just, what is it? Troll? No, it's not that, but, yeah, it's just like, Cancel culture, that's it, right? Cancel culture. You know, it's just like, we're afraid to do anything. I'm going to get canceled, you know? Ah! You know, it's, and, that's, and that's the point of it, actually. To make us afraid, right? Because it's control, right? We want to control and be afraid. <gasps> you know, don't be afraid. God is telling us, don't be afraid of what I'm giving you. God's given us this land. God's given us this family. Don't be afraid. Be in love, Right? Love drives out fear, right? Love. Be passionate for your family. It's like oh, I'm afraid. I think husbands and wives sometimes we can be afraid of each other. You understand? You don't understand marriage. We're afraid of each other. Oh, get afraid of each other. Be in love. Sometimes we're afraid of our kids. Be in love or our parents, right? Love each other deeply. Pour out love on each other. Don't be afraid. And that's what God's encouraging us to do. Is remember to not be afraid. So what do we learn? What do we learn here? Let me just rattle through some things I think we can learn from this story. Number one is that God wants to give us a good land, right? God wants, the promised land is a good land. God wants to give us a good land. He has created a beautiful land for us. So when we say this land is my land, it's a beautiful land. What God wants to give us now, there may be some things that aren't beautiful, but that's not what God wants to give us. God wants to give us a beautiful land. He wants to give us a world that's beautiful and that we live in that. He wants us to have a place, a wonderful place where we feel safe, right? But that our attitude affects it. Isn't that amazing? Our attitude affects how beautiful that land is. I think that's really amazing. That's, that shows you the power of the spirit. An attitude can affect how beautiful something physical is right that's a spiritual power right you see attitude doesn't have a physical presence but your attitude which is a spiritual thing can have a power over something that's physical that's amazing isn't it if you think about that your attitude can change a relationship your attitude can change a life right so there are implications of our choices there are big implications of course what did it say in that scripture it said but do not rebel against the lord right and sometimes we live a life that's struggling because we are rebelling against the Lord, and we have to come into honor with God. we have to come into honor with the, the, the God of the land that he's given us, right We have to come in and be humble before him and not rebel against him, right those that only saw difficulty were not able to see the promises of God, and that can happen that happens to all of us at some point, but it can happen to people for long periods of time when they resist God is you're not able to see His promises because because your attitude, your choices, your, your determination against you know, humbling yourself before God can shuts down the vision. It's like, how do you see that? How can you live that? I can't see the kingdom of God. Well, it's because you have to surrender. You have to be born again, the Bible says. You have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be given. Jesus Christ died for us, but we have to give our lives to him so that we can be set free and live in the purposes of God. We have to humble ourselves before God and lay our lives down before him. All right, so our spiritual choices, right? Our belief has a powerful outcome. And it comes down to what we talked about this last couple of weeks is our mindset. Say that word with me. I love it. Mindset. Our mindset has a powerful impact. So our mindset needs to be on believing God. Faith is what? Believing God, right? You have to, believe, you have to come into belief. That's the fight, right? You want to know what the fight is, is to come into belief. You have to fight through until you come into belief. You have to... Surrender until you come into belief in what God has given us. And if we tell others a negative story, it can sway them and us, which I think is really interesting. Our story convinces us and other people. But when we share our stories of success, it encourages and it builds up the story of what God's doing. So how do we take possession? Just two things quickly as we will kind of... Come toward the end here is how do we take possession of what God gives us? Or if we're going to say that, this land is my land, how do I take possession of it? All right? How do I take possession of that? You know, I want to tell the right story, I want to see the right things, but how do I go and lay a hold of my life or lay a hold of the promises of God? Number one is you have to believe God. Right? Jeremiah 17 says, But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that send out its, send, sorry, sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Right? Trust. I love that image of a tree planted by the stream of living water. Right, Where you are planted is your land. Where your family is planted. Where have you been planted in your life? You've know, you got to set your roots in into something that's going to give you life. And God's going to give you life. But you have to trust in him. You have to believe in him. your, Your everyday has to be centered around believing God. And trusting in him. And letting him be the one who lights your path. Let him be the one who directs your steps. Let him be the one who shows you the right way to go. Right? Straight and narrow path. Right. When we run around our lives and we just ah, oh, go this, go that, go that. I don't trust, God. I don't want to trust God. I think because of our brokenness and our sin, it's like we don't want to trust God because we think He's gonna control us or He's gonna do this or that, or our past experiences with religion or religiosity makes us feel controlled instead of instead of freed, instead of enabled, instead of activated, if you will, right? Instead of encouraged, right? But trust in God leads us into the Promised Land. Belief leads us in. When you trust Him, where you are planted is where you grow. Right? God plants you in a place. It says the Scripture talks about your roots going out to the stream, so that even when it's dry, see a lot of a lot of times we're reactive in this culture, right? We really react. We're like, okay, there's a drought. Ah, I need water. But you need to let your roots grow, right? Even in time when there's not. Dry so that when you are dry, your roots are deep in God. Your trust is deep in God. Instead of being shallow and, 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 and <laughs> shallow is a harsh word. I meant roots, but it works, doesn't it? If our roots are shallow, we kind of have a shallow faith, a shallow trust, right? Instead of a deep trust and deep roots. And, uh, and at this church, we want to help you. We want to train you. We want you to be part of our small groups. We want to help you be part of all that we're doing so that we can help you learn how to grow deep, Trust in God, in his word, in his his people, in the church, and what God is doing, right? The more that you're around it, the more that your roots grow deep in. When you're planted, you're strong. The wind blows. You don't go nowhere, right? And it's dry. you got deep roots. You can still have what you need to sustain yourself. And it's really important that you believe. Believe God. And I want to encourage you, if you're having having a hard time believing God, to set your mind that this year, this year I'm going to work on believing God. I'm going to work on trusting God. I'm going to know the Word of God. I remember when I was in college. Um, you know, I've, I've told a bit of my my story publicly, but just small pieces. I used to call myself an atheist, right? And I remember I was studying philosophy and engineering. And I thought I was like, oh, the smart guy, right? And uh, and then I got confronted by the Bible. I got confronted by it because I read all these religious things. I read all these other stuff, and none of it made much sense. And then the Bible was like. Wow, that makes sense. Talks about people who want to do things that are right, but end up doing things that are wrong. That sounds like me, right? It Talks about people who are arrogant and think that they know better than God. And that sounded like me, right? It talks about how to make marriage work, and all the philosophy professors I had. I talked to them about their lives. How's your family? You know, they're like, "Ooh, yeah, I don't know if I'm believe what you believe, man, because you got a messed up life, you know." And they be- it's God teaches us. He gave us the Bible to teach us. Right? But we, we have one great resource, and he gave us people to teach us. But sometimes we can just kind of ignore it you know, instead, of, instead of engaging with it. And I want to encourage you, engage with the Bible. Engage with the word of God. Engage with worship. Engage with prayer. Engage with the people of God. Engage with the church. Right? Activate your life. Activate your faith. Trust doesn't just come blindly. Faith doesn't just come blindly. Right? We talk about blind faith. But faith comes from committing yourself to learning about God. And the more you learn about God, wow, you believe in him. Because he's amazing. I remember just the times I've set before God and just belief just comes because he's amazing. God is incredible, the things that he's built and the things that he's done. I want to encourage you this year, if there's one thing you do, learn how to trust and believe in God. Amen? Learn how to trust and believe in God more and more. The second point, so number one is believe in God. How do we, we, uh, what was the phrase, take possession of what God wants to give us, right? Believe God. Number two, ready? Put in the hard work. Say it with me. Put in the hard work. Uh, that's not what we like to talk about. You got to put in hard work. And uh, sometimes we just don't want to put in the hard work. Marriage, you can, you can have a great marriage, but you got to put in the hard work. You can be a great parent, but you got to put in the hard work, right? You can start a business. You can make a million dollars, but you got to put in the hard work, right? You can have a successful life, but it takes hard work. And I, and I, I think it's really important that we say that, that we've got to put in the hard work, if we want to find and take possession of what God's given us. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, the Hittite country, uh, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. So he's talking about this whole big expanse, right? God has a big, a big thing that he wants to give you. He doesn't want you to have a little life. He wants you to have a big life, right? And he can say, I want you to have this big of a life, but he can only give you every place you step your foot, right? You've got to go and lay hold of it. You've got to put in the hard work to go lay a hold of it. You've got to go and find it and look for it. That's what he was promising. He said, look, I'm giving you this land, but you've got to go explore it. You've got to go fight for it. You've got to go find it. You've got to go have it. You've got to lay a hold of it. And God wants to give us great things, but we've got to go lay a hold of them. They don't just come if we just sit in our bedroom and play video games all day, right? We gotta go out and find it. We gotta go out and find people, right? We gotta go out and find the, the activities. We gotta go out and find faith. We gotta go and find it. We gotta go look for it, right? We have to go look and put in the hard work of finding it. Uh, one of the things I like to say to people is Christianity, 90% of Christianity is showing up when you don't want to, right? Because it's easy to show up when you do want to, but showing up when you don't want to is when you have the greatest impact. Right, because God does something in you. Those are the moments that we need, and I want to encourage you: show up when you don't want to. That's the greatest time to be at church is when you're like, "Ah, I don't want to go," right? But I did, and God spoke to me, and it was amazing. And then the next week, like, "Ah, I'm not going to go anyway." You know, it's like, "No, come, let God do amazing things with us." Amen. You get it, right? So, I always ask this question: like, why not just give it all to Him? You know, He's talking to Joshua. He's like, "I'll give you every place you set your foot." Like, why not just, why not just give it to Him? And I think the answer is that I've learned in my life is because it just doesn't work that way. It would be nice if it did, wouldn't it? It would be nice if you just wake up and there was like a pile of cash in your bedroom. But it just doesn't work that way. And if you keep expecting it to, it's not going to happen. Right? It doesn't work that way. It works by us going out and laying hold of the promises. Right? You don't just get something. You have to go there. You have to fight through your problems. Right? Part of it is you have to fight through your problems. Right? God wants to call you up and out of your stuff until you've got to fight through it. You have to see it, right? You have to see the land. So you can't like, oh yeah, I own that, I own that land over there. God gave it to me. It's like, well, I've never seen it. No, you gotta go see it. You gotta go experience it. God wants you in the middle of it, right? He wants you in the middle of your family, the middle of your marriage, the middle of your life. He needs you active in the middle of it. You get it? Right? It's not just something passive that you sit on the side and go, God give me a promise. No, I'm in the middle of those promises. And you gotta put your feet right into the middle of that promise. and Be a part of it, right? Because God wants you engaged with it. And when you do that, you can conquer it. See it, believe it, conquer it. All right, and the third thing is you've got to share your story and God's story. Say that with me, share your story and God's story. What story are you going to tell? The story you tell in your life, if you listen to the stories that people tell, you can tell a lot about their life, right? Listen to the story that you tell, you can learn a lot about yourself, Ah, that one hurts me every time I say that. All right, Luke chapter six: a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart; an evil produce, an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And I've I've heard some things come out of my mouth that I went, what? Where did that come from? You know. And when you when you hear it, you have to listen to it and recognize that that's a piece of you, and you got to deal with that. And I think that's a gift. I think it's a gift from God, right? But there's another phrase I like to say is that my own ears need to hear my own mouth declaring the praises of God, right? You know what? It's great when my kids hear it. It's great when my wife hears it. It's great when you hear it, of course, right? But I need to hear it. And you need to hear your own mouth declaring out the praises of God. Why do we encourage people to pray out loud? Because you need to hear it. I don't need to hear your prayers. You need to hear your prayers. Your ears need to hear your prayers. Why do, you need to wor- Why do you need to come up front on Sundays and worship with all you got? Because your mouth needs to say it. Your ears need to hear it. Your body needs to feel it. You need to declare the praises of God. And every piece of you needs to be a part of it. I encourage you, you've got to learn how to worship God with all that you have. Because your body needs it. Your mind needs it. Your soul needs it. Right? And it'll encourage people around you too. <laughs> of course. But it's because you need it, right? You need that kind of thing. Why do you need to declare that you love someone that you love? Well, they need to hear it. My wife needs to hear it when I tell her I love her. My kids need to hear it. But you know what? I need to hear it. I need to hear myself declaring my love to my wife every day, many times a day, right? And, and you need that. You need to hear yourself declaring your love to your parents, declaring your love to your children, declaring the love of the land you live in, right? Right? You need to hear, your ears need to hear yourself declaring, I love what I live. I love it. It's mine. It's my land. You guys get it? Am I, am I, am I doing good? Are you hearing me? Am I preaching the word right? <laughs> Listen to it, right? What's in your heart, right? Your mouth, your mouth speaks it, right? But also, you can engage your heart in the right things by saying the right things, right? By declaring it, by declaring the promises of God, because it's in there. You just got to activate that sometimes. We can do it because God's with us. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up together. We're going to pray. Come on, I love Mercy Church. Do you love Mercy Church? I love this church. I love every person in this church. I love you, right? I love each of you, right? Do you look around each other and say, oh, I love this church. Come on, look around and say, I love living in Santa Maria or wherever you live, right? Say it. I love living here. Come on! If your family's standing next to you, just say "I love you." I love you. You don't have to say "but I know your problems." Don't say that. Come on, just say "I love you." Oh, I know, but I know things are. Oh, don't don't just say "I love you," right? Leave all the rest of that for later. Come on, if your friends there, say "I'm so glad you're my friend." I dare you. I dare you just to say it. I don't hear nobody saying it. You guys are too shy. Don't be afraid. All right, ready on the count of three. Everyone's going to say it to somebody next year. Ready? One, two, three, go. (laughs) Y'all got super uncomfortable. We're not used to doing this. That's the point. We're not used to doing it, are we? Come on, I want you to say it about yourself. Say, I love being me. Come on, just say, I love being me. Come on, let's tell God we love him. God, we love you so much. Thank you, God, we love you. Thank you. Thank you for my life. Just tell God, thank you for my life. That's starting to make you feel better, isn't it? Come on, do this every day. Do it all day. Be in love with what you have with your land. Amen? All right. There's a couple of things that God wants to give us. I'm just going to tell you we're going to pray about this. But, you know, God wants to give you financial success. He wants to help you be stable. He wants to help you have what you need. Right? He wants to give you ministry success, say ministry success, he to help you to reach out to your neighbors, to win the loss, and make disciples, and do all the things that God's called Christians to do, right? He wants to give you safety and protection. Say that, safety protection. We need that, don't we? We need it. He wants to give you love and mercy. Say love and mercy. All right? God wants to give you these things. and if you're struggling to possess them, but you know, you want to declare this land is my land, they belong to me. God's given them to me right, then we need to receive that today. We need to make some declarations over our lives, right? Let's start with our own lives. Why don't you just put your hands out with me if you want or lift your face up or whatever, you know, look at your life, hold your life up before God and just begin to speak over your life. Say, the life that God's given me is so beautiful. Thank you, God. I speak out over my life, love and mercy. I speak out over my life, protection and success. I speak out over my life that I have energy and strength and healing and blessing and favor the fruitfulness of God. Use whatever words you need to use, but you got to say it out loud because your ears need to hear it. you got to say, love. I need love. God wants me to have love. He wants me to have passion. He wants me to have energy. He wants me to be successful. I speak out of my life and I say, success and energy and love because that's the story that I'm telling now. God has given me love and hope, faith, belief promises. God's given me good things. God's given me family. He's given me blessing. It's there. I've struggled with it, but it's there. It's there. I know it's in God's promises for me. And I declare it. Just say, I declare it over my life. I declare over my life God's blessing and God's promises over my life. I receive it. Now, I receive it right now. Look, if you need to do business with God, say, God, I've been a sinner. I've sinned. And I repent of that right now. And I ask that you would forgive me and teach me how to follow Jesus. I lay my life down that I can follow Jesus and learn how to walk in your promises. Right now I make that decision. It's just easy to say that. Right now I make that decision. That this year, this time, this this moment in my life, I'm gonna follow Jesus. And I lay my own life down and give you leadership. I give you the full reign of my life that I could live with you, God. That your blessing would come. Would your blessing you want the blessing of God? Ask him just wave it like wave it over your life say God your blessing would come in my life that all sin would be removed and broken over me instead your favor would come because of what Jesus did at the cross to die for me. I receive that over my life. If you've struggled, if you struggled to find success in certain parts of your life, maybe it be family, relationships, business, your dreams have been broken, health. Right? And you, want to, you want to ask God. You want to lay claim to the land that God's given you. You want to lay claim of it. You want to come stand before God. I want to invite you to come up right now. Come stand together here with me. This is what we're going to do all, all this month. We're going to come and stand before God and lay hold of the promises. If you want to lay hold, come now. Come now. It's all right. Come. See somebody like, should I come? Yeah, come. Come stand before God and say, I want the promises of God in my life. I want to live in this moment. So as your moment, as you come up, just lift your face up, lift your hands up. Look to God. Look to the Holy Spirit. He's the one who can save you. You can't save yourself. Yeah, you got to work hard. Yeah, you got to believe, but you can't save yourself. God can save you. Jesus Christ can save you. He's your answer. Let's look to Him right now. Say, God, I look to You. I look to You, Lord. You're the answer for my life. I lay claim of the land that you've given me. I lay claim of the promises you've given me. I feel like some of you have had very broken hearts. I feel like some of you had very broken hearts. On the inside, on the outside, you've had a brave face. On the inside, you've had a very broken heart. hearts have been broken. Let's just talk to God about it. God, my hope was shattered. My heart was broken. I gave up. I gave up, God. Awaken my hope again. God, Awaken my life again. Breathe new life in me, Lord, I pray. I don't know if I have the strength to go again I don't know if I have the strength to hope again. So I'm relying on your strength, God. I'm relying on your hope, Lord. Let's let the hope and the faith of God, not our faith, but God's faith, the miraculous faith that comes through the Holy Spirit, fill us right now. Ask him, Holy Spirit, would you fill me with godly faith? Fill me with God's faith. Fill me with a bigger faith than I've ever had, a belief, a trust, a hope. Fill me with a new hope, a kind of hope that I can't carry on my own, but I can only find in the presence of God. Let's just open up your life right now. Receive. Receive the presence of God. Receive his spirit. Receive his hope and his As you do that, you may have to lay down some attitudes or some choices that have kept you from entering the promised land. Maybe you need to lay down some stories that you've been telling. And I encourage you to do that. If you need to change your story right now, now's the time to do it. Maybe you need to say that to God. God, I've been telling the wrong story. I've been telling the wrong story about my ministry. I've been telling the wrong story about my family. I've been telling the wrong story about myself. life, my past, my future. And right now, I make a choice to tell a different story. That's you. I want to encourage you just to like just kind of pretend, but like wad up that old story in your hand. Wad up that old story like it's written down and wad it up, ball it up and present it up to God and say, God, this is my old story. This is the old story that I've told about my life or my family, my parents. It's the old story I've told about my life my land, my place, where I live. This is my old story. And I let it go right now. Just let it go. Just like throw it away. I don't know how you do that. Just, you know, symbolically do it. Just say, God, I throw it away. And I'm going to write a new story. You can start right now, but maybe you need to go write a new story. With God. How many of you want to do that? You want to write a new story with God about something in your life? If you want that, just lift your hand up to God and say, God, I want to write a new story with you. Help me to write a new story.